0: Brandon Johnson comes up with a Hail Mary catch on the double deflection. But what did you see on that on the two point play? I mean, Same so, thing. I mean, look, you know, we, we, we got a play we're going to get to. Um, I think Judy actually comes open. Um, we come off that and, and uh, we're going to Cortland. Um, you know, we'll see it on tape, but um, I probably didn't have as good a view as you guys did. Hello and welcome into a post game edition of the Not Another Bucking podcast. We are coming to you after a Broncos week two loss to the Commanders, in which they blew a 21 3 lead, then almost got all the way back into it on a Hail Mary on the final play of the game, failed the two point conversion. So they lose by two, 35 33, dropping to 0 2 on the season. So much to get into. I'm Nick Cosmider, Broncos beat writer at The Athletic. Joining me is Matt Cosmiter, my brother and our producer on the show. Um, You know, expertise in football went to the, you know, the upper echelons of the of the varsity level in
1: southern arizona i think we could say yeah, yeah, Middle, yeah competitive mid-season. competitive junior college referee competitive junior college
0: <laughs> competitive junior college referee i think i think the qualifications there have been laid bare um and are very <laughs> very well established yes um yeah matt so we're going we're going to get into this there's a lot to talk about with this game um and, and i think the the biggest takeaway that i had is that the Broncos are springing new leaks every time they plug a different one. This was sort of my takeaway that I ended my story with tonight was in week one, we saw a Broncos team that looked more efficient, more op- more operationally in sync, quicker to the ball, better tempo, all those sorts of things. What they lacked was explosive plays. They, they, didn't get, they didn't get the ball down the field. They didn't do any of that kind of thing. Well, here we are today in week two against the Commanders. They jump out to a 21 21- to three lead, they score those three touchdowns in a total of seventeen plays. Marvin Mims gets one hundred thirteen yards receiving on two catches within the game's first eleven plays. Jaleel McLaughlin, the undrafted rookie who didn't really play a whole lot last week, has a five-yard rushing touchdown on Denver's first drive. And you're saying, man, okay, here's that pop. They they took what they needed to from game one. They 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 built some new personnel packages that they get some of their fast athletic playmakers onto the field in in advantageous situations and they're off and running, but then they, they, it's a step forward, two steps back. There's operational problems. They burn all three of their timeouts in the first half. And then the defense really, I think it flipped when Kareem Jackson gets ejected, which we'll talk about more in a minute. Um, it, it, after harassing Sam Howell for three sacks in the first half, totally loses its ground in the second half where, where, um, the the commanders scored uh, five times in a six possession stretch, including four touchdowns. Um, the defense had no answers for anything that Eric Bieniemy, the commanders' OC, was thrown at them. I mean, it was just it, it's. It, I think goes to show that this is a team that just has so many widespread issues that this this task for Sean Payton and making it all come together is it, probably going to be a lot more significant than, than maybe even he imagined when when he took this job.
1: Yeah. And, and defensively, you can see that Vance Joseph is trying to scheme to cover some of those perceived weaknesses, right? So last week they were, they were very much, we're going to stop, we're going to stop the run. So they're playing very conservative. They're not the, the end, defensive ends, the linemen are staying home being conservative. They, but they don't pressure Jimmy Garoppolo at all this week. They're like, no, we're going to pressure Howell, we're going to get after him. They, the first couple drives where the defense the defense got off the field it was because of good defensive line play. We come up with the big sacks, the, the the big stops on the in the run game to kind of force those longer plays. And the defense kind of made those big plays. But once you're then saying, hey, defensive ends, get after the quarterback, go for it, you're opening yourself up to other problems. So that's where the screen game in the in the back half just absolutely decimated the, the team on a couple really big screen plays. And that's kind of the, the price you pay when you start to really turn out the, the defensive ends and really go after the quarterback. You have to be really good in that tackling downfield and, and the secondary. And with the way the secondary was playing today, that that tackling and that kind of play just didn't support the the line playing as aggressively as they were.
0: Yeah, there was a play I I think in the in the fourth quarter that sort of Served as a microcosm for that issue that you're talking about, where they they got a screen passed out to. I think it was either Gibson or or, or Brian Robinson, one of the two. And there, there's two just huge offensive linemen in front of him. And our vantage point up in the press box is, you know, it's you get the, the eagle eye view, so you see right away. Like if you're watching that on TV, you probably don't automatically realize that he's running for days. Right. But from up there, you're like, oh my gosh, there's him. There's two 300 pound guys and maybe a safety 15 yards down the field who is not going to really enjoy trying to combat. They they, got two blockers, right? It was interesting. Sean Payton said in the, in the preseason, they had this drive against the 49ers to open their second pre first, uh, second preseason game, first drive defensively of that game. And they ultimately get off the field, allowing just a field goal. Um, They, they, I think sack Brock Purdy in the red zone. But before that, they give a big wide receiver screenplay to Debo Samuel and, and Sean Payton said afterwards, like, yeah, you know, the next time that we stop a, a wide receiver screen is going to be the first, like, you know, tongue in cheek, <laughs> but it's been true. Like the wide receiver screens have killed them. And, and, and in this game, especially in the second half, it was the, it, it was the running back screens. And a lot of that was built on the fact that, you know, <laughs> Sam Howell threw the ball. This was, I, I knew he was throwing the ball a lot. And part of it was because they fell into a 21 to three hole, but 30 pass plays in the first half, like pretty incredible for a guy that got sacked six times last week to, to drop him back 30 times in the first half. And the Broncos sacked him three of those times. But even then he was able to use his athleticism to, to create some stuff. And then when the second half started, Eric Bieniemy they were in a position where they're within a score. They don't need to to panic and drop Sam Howell back a hundred times. They start pounding the ball to your point against a formation that was more designed to sit here and, and rust the rush, the, pa- the passer, weren't trying to stop the blocks. And, and in another, um, Another good point by you. They're not tackling that. That first wave of defenders is not tackling, um, but 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 so so. Those are some of the granular granular issues. But this is a team now, Matt. That is um, it, it is four and eleven in one score game since the start of last year. And I know there is variance to these things. Teams can go on great runs of, of finishing these games. They can go on these stretches. But it's now kind of converging over two seasons um, where they are just unable in these moments where they have to make plays to make them. And, and this is not going to change in terms of how often you're in these kinds of games. What did you see like in the fourth quarter specifically, as they're trying to come back that, that really kind of show, you know, that really illustrated some of the issues that they're having in these moments.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of the kind of the issues we were having last year with this team was that they weren't getting, they, weren't getting the execution out the like the play calls in they weren't getting to the ball as quickly as we expected a lot of delay of games and pre-snap penalties and stuff so this game they got the they get the ball with seven minutes left down two scores so you're in hurry up offense like this should more or less be your two minute offense you have to score you have you hopefully score with enough time to kick it away and get a stop that's ideally how that goes you don't want to have to onside kick or rely on an onside kick to get that get your second chance to score it's so like you want to hurry up and get to the ball quickly but that last drive, like routinely the balls down and bounds, the clock's running and they're snapping the ball with less than 10 seconds on the play clock, like repeatedly. And it's like, there's no urgency anywhere on that, that field at that point. Like the running backs are catching balls out of the backfield. And then instead of like taking the four yards and getting out of bounds, they cut back in in bounds and get two extra yards, but chop off 20 seconds on the play clock. Like those are the kinds of things that the situational football that we expect from a Sean Payton team to be a little bit better. And like, then like, you're down at the goal line. You have first and goal on the one, you have over two minutes left. You want to kind of get a couple plays in quickly and then, you know, you'll have enough time. You'll have three timeouts and, and be able to get the ball back. Russell Wilson gets sacked twice, including one that runs the the ball out to the two minute. Like you can't take those sacks. Like yeah, that that's critical. where you need to score a touchdown.
0: That was critical. Yeah. yeah but the one specifically on third and goal um, when he gets sacked on third down, right? Like, so you know in that situation you're down 11 points so you, you know that if we don't get this in we are going if, if we don't get this into the end zone on third down we're going to kick the field goal but the, the get rid of the ball the worst case scenario is that you have to burn one of the timeouts that you know you're going to need on the back end because you're going to try the onside kick at that point to your point that's probably not what they they set out to do initially but by the time it the two minute warning hit um uh, they knew that that was going to have to be part of the equation. They were going to have to onside kick it. They were going to have to at least try that, um, and we'll talk about that in a second. But they, but on a third down play, if you're already going to have to take the the, the field goal to, to to take a sack, is is just the worst thing that can happen in that situation outside of throwing a pick, obviously. But it's forty you, seconds. Yeah, it's it's a huge. It's like you're you're waste. You wasted an entire timeout. That they, they could have used that timeout obviously on that last drive. That ultimately they score a touchdown on with the Hail Mary, Right. but it's just not, it's not what you're, what you're setting out to do. And Sean Payton said after the game, you know, he, he, you didn't have to read too deep between the lines to find his criticism of Russell Wilson. Right. He, he mentioned that Wilson's fumble in the second quarter with the Broncos leading 21 to three was where he saw, he says, that's where the momentum shifts. Like, you know, he kind of saw that as the play that really kind of let Washington get back into the game. And, so there, there was that, there was that issue. He he talked about, uh, Russ needing to be sharper. And, and he said, if we have to go to a wristband, we'll do it, which is essentially him saying like my, you know, my play calling into him and then him into the huddle. And then the the players taking it, getting out of the huddle to the line. None of that is happening quickly enough. And if, if we need, and, and Sean Payton, obviously that would be new for him too. That, that wasn't something that he, he did with, with Drew Brees, um, but the wristband thing for, for Russell Wilson came up last year. He's, um, you know, week eight, halfway through the season, he's he's wearing a wristband because they were having issues with this communication. So here we are already in week two, and it's getting brought up as, hey, this might be one of the things that we have to do to make this operation more functional. Um, it, it's just, again, it's, it's these series of things that are so familiar to, to last year. And I think, wow. While some of the play design has been a lot better there, there, there in the situational stuff that they're trying to do is a lot better. Um, it, it's, it's just still some of these issues that a lot, a lot of them do come back to Russell Wilson, uh, who, you know, when you're, when you're talking about all these different offensive linemen that you've had all these different schemes, and he's still been sacked 64 times in his 17 starts over the last two years. A lot of those are on him and, and they're just not figuring out ways to this point of like masking all these issues that he's, that he's having right now. And it's, it's, it's tough to find a way that they can strike consistently with these issues because they're presenting so many weaknesses for opposing defensive coordinators to exploit.
1: True. But I think the one thing that you can take from this game on a positive note is that we did see how the formula works when this team is running the ball. They are a different team. They're running the ball. Well, So, like the first drive, they ran the ball five times for 51 yards and a touchdown. The second drive, they then capitalized on that with the play-action pass that goes for the Mims touchdown. Then the next drive, they run the ball six times for 21 yards, and they get the big Mims play again because th- suddenly you those defenses, instead of playing that soft zone that Russell has a tough time being patient enough against, you're instead seeing them bring an extra defender down into the box to stop their run, and that's when Russell can do what Russ does best, which is those giant moon balls that go 50 yards and land in the sprinting wide receiver's hands somehow. Like that's what Russ does best, and like when you give him those opportunities by working the run and being effective for the run, things go well. The rest of the game after those three drives, the running backs went eight carries for ten yards. That's a that compared to those first two drives, our first two drives is absolutely game changing. Like you're now asking Russ to beat the Redskins or the Redskins, the Commanders, instead of doing it as the with the whole gamut of what this team does well, which is running the ball. So I think that. I don't know if that's a Sean Payton switch. I don't know if that's just the the line, not opening up those same holes, but like they're just, they didn't seem as committed to the run after those first few drives. And it really didn't work out for them.
0: Well, and that's where it goes back to like their margin for error being so thin is because like, you're, you're hundred percent, right? Like that's where they, they came out running the ball two explosive runs within their first three carries. Um, you know, Wilson himself was, was running the ball really effectively, Uh, had a design run uh, that got him to the edge on that opening drive for a, for a 14 yard gain, beautiful play design there. They got Marvin Mims on the edge on on a run. Um, So so many of those things where they're really multiple in the running game, they're, they're, they're stretching the field horizontally uh, and then running you up the middle as well. Like that's what they want to do. But as soon as they, they fumble the ball and here come the commanders and they, they come down and they score, the score touchdown, they get the two-point conversion after Kareem Jackson's um, you know, really egregious late hit that got him ejected from this game. Um, so the commanders decide from the one-yard line, hey, let's give it a shot. Initially ruled down on review, they get that. So now it's a 10-point game. The Broncos from there still are in good position. But when that next drive, um, with 147 to go, they, they, quickly, they quickly pitter out. And then you know the commanders come back, hit a 35 yard play on third and long to to get you within range of a 49 yard field goal. Like it, it was just these like these as good as their two minute situation was to end the week one of the first half. This this two minute situation went the complete opposite way, and then they followed that up with a three and out to open the, the drive. And so then they get into that point that you're talking about where. They they are having the defense knowing that Russ is going to drop back and pass like that's the worst situation that they could be in. That's where we see these these protection issues. This is where we see Russ start to get happy feet, and and it just it just turns into a, a, an area where they just look so like like they're grasping at straws offensively, as opposed to when they are when they are kind of setting the tone, running the football. Um, but yeah, the, I agree with you. They just seem like they had so many opportunities to be in that mode, even, even as the commander started to gain ground and they just got away from what they did early in the game.
1: Right. And like we talked about explosive plays, like Marvin Mems Jr. has two catches today in the first three drives. He's now their leading receiver. Like he, he has the most receiving yards on his team because he took the top off that defense and absolutely like played out. And like, right after that, he has the 45 yard punt return. Get that yeah. guy, the ball. He didn't touch yeah. the ball again until the last punt with a minute left. He fair caught it. That was his next touch. Like yeah. get him the ball. Jaleel McLaughlin, all, you know, he came in and touched the ball once and scored a touchdown. That's all he did. Like those two need to see more plays. Like down the stretch, they had Samaj P Ryan in the backfield a lot. And I think the, the reasoning is that P Ryan's a better blocker, but they weren't, keeping him into block. They were running him on little like safety valve routes. And he kept catching the ball for five yards. Like if you want, if you're going to run the little wide receiver check down or running back check down, throw it to the guy who has the big play potential. That to me feels like Jaleel McLaughlin right now, more so than Samaj P. Ryan. So like, I I get that he may not be as a rookie. He's probably not as good as in pass protection, but you're not using him that way there. Use the guy who can, who can get you that explosive play.
0: I think they're going to start having to like, they're gonna they're gonna have to start incorporating them in them more and more because this team just lacks speed. Like that, that's the biggest thing that we we've been talking about from especially out on the edge. Like they got Drew Sanders in the game a couple times. His his first play he he runs a stunt inside, um almost gets almost gets there although Sam Howell make, completes a pass under pressure. He then uh, there's another critical thing that's been happening is like these these defensive penalties like on third down and critical situations continue to pile up. Drew Sanders came in on a big third down in the fourth quarter gets a sack, it gets called back because Fabian Moreau, the, the veteran corner, commits a holding penalty downfield that was yeah. really iffy in my mind. Um, yeah, that one, and, I didn't
1: really like that call. And Too that much.
0: that turned, I mean, so again, that, it was another drive that it ended up ending in points for the commanders that kind of helped them melt this game away. Um, but but again, you saw the explosiveness. And that's, especially if this thing gets away from them record-wise, they're 0-2 now. They go to a Miami team that's 2-0 and has arguably... The best, one of the best offenses in the league, going against the Broncos' defense that is is injured. It's it's having you know it's I I think kind of Vance Joseph is is struggling a little bit, so it's kind of find the right personnel fits. They're really struggling in the red zone, um, you know, uh, for for various reasons. But I just think that you're going to have to play these young guys a considerable amount more. You know, Sean Payton said sometimes the coverage dictates it. Sometimes with the personnel groupings you're running. It turns into coincidence. It's like whatever the reasoning is. Like get Marvin Mims the football. Um, you know he's shown he can carry the ball. at the big run. Um, get it to yeah punt return. Whatever the case might be. That the guy is the guy is electric and looking at this point like a second round steal, almost a third round pick for Denver. Um, they got to get him the ball more. They got to get Jaleel McLaughlin the ball in space. Um, but but again, it's just these. To me, it's these these mistakes that keep popping up in these critical situations. I just – I don't know from like a – because so many guys making mistakes of guys that have been part of this. I, we're going to long-term see a lot of roster churn here um, until he gets the guys in, in there doing exactly what he wants because right now I just think there's a disconnect.
1: There is, but talking about roster changes, Nick, I know that at this point of the season, 0-2, the, the sky is falling. Everything's falling apart. Uh, you know, I was, checked out the comments section on the article, the first article you wrote on the Athletic. It's you know, we're tanking for Caleb. Where's Jarrett Stidham? Uh, wh- how far do you think that the Broncos get into this before they b- would be looking at potentially making a change at, at quarterback?
0: Yeah, you know, it's, I, I certainly it's not now, right? Like, the, you know, I certainly understand the sentiment that fans have who have who have been riding this train a long time. And Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle big free agent acquisition, um, you know, he, it was he, interesting post game. He says, listen, I, I understand here. Everybody's saying like, this is the same, you know, here we go again. This is the same thing. He's like, this is not the same thing. I promise you we're going to get this turned around. There's too many good people, too many good coaches in here. For for people that haven't been part of that, like history of it, they're saying like, it is, it is really not not good that we're 0-2 with our first two games at home. Like this, the stats will tell you that, A team that loses its first two games at home is not making the playoffs. Um, But from from their perspective, like not attached to everything that has happened in the past. But you can't ask fans to separate that from 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 the way that they view the game, right? Like it's there's too much carryover year to year, too seeing too many familiar things um, to not have that sentiment. But the team is not going to to panic in probably the same way the fans are saying like this season is over. Um that being said, like Sean Payton is ultimately going to have to see what he has uh, with this roster. And that includes potentially down the road what he has in a quarterback who he believes has starting upside. And the reason that the Broncos might need to figure that out with Jared Stidham is because if they decide that Russell Wilson is not their future quarterback, they're going to have to get out of out, they're going to have to move on from him before next season. So, so by the time the new league year starts next year, they're going to have to get out of that contract. Otherwise, his thirty-seven million dollars for twenty twenty-five becomes guaranteed, and and at that point, you, you you've locked yourself in now to two more seasons after this one. Whereas if you if you cut him by by March next year, if you've already decided he's not going to be your future quarterback, now you're moving into twenty twenty-four with probably Jared Stidham would be your guy, but then also you have a first round draft pick. Maybe you go after one of these quarterbacks, depending on what your record is. Again, this is not something that I, I, the day-to-day people on the team are probably focused on right now. They're focused on how the heck are we going to stop Tyreek Hill and you know, all that kind of thing. But if it continues to go this way in this direction and Russell Wilson continues to, 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 you know, to struggle to, to not necessarily have the answers to lift this offense again, he, it, I don't want to put all this on him today. He, he had some really good moments. To your, to your, to your point, he, some of these deep balls that he hit were just excellent throws. He still has that part of his game. He ran pretty well. Um, but but again, it's just, it's, the, it's a bottom line business. And the bottom line is the team is four and 13 since he became the starting quarterback in his starts, four and 13. He's been sacked 64 times. So, when will it happen? That's hard to say. But if, if this is the trajectory that continues, what will happen? I think at some point is similar to what you saw with the Raiders last year. They had decided that Derek Carr wasn't going to be their future guy, that so they they were not going to to let him get injured and have that next year salary become guaranteed, because um, at that point it was guaranteed only for injury. And they so so they made that decision to sit him down. Start Jared Stidham. It's ironic that Stidham could be that potential guy in that situation one more time. Um, but again, that it's just it's just the way that the tea leaves are written on the wall of that's how it could go. But again, I think this team is hopeful that some of the good things that they've been putting together these first couple of weeks can become more consistent. They can shed some of the you know some of the negatives. But again, it's just it's a lot of holes to plug at this point
1: lot of holes and you're going to you're getting ready to travel to one of the best teams in the league so it's not a not a great time to have to be trying to figure out who's going to be playing in your secondary who knows if kareem jackson's even going to be available next week like that was one of the more egregious hits that we've seen in a while and coming off of a a week where he got uh fined last week it wouldn't be surprising to see him miss next week's game as well so we'll have to wait and see what the league brings down for that one but i wouldn't be surprised if if they're running out or if they're trying to figure out a safety on the free market somewhere to bring in and start against two of the, the dolphins offense right now.
0: Yeah. They, is, they, they, they uh, will have to, bring another, yeah, they'll have to bring another safety in uh, just from a personnel perspective. They've lost, um, they've lost Caden Stearns for the season. PJ lock can't come off IR until week five at the earliest. And if you are without Kareem Jackson due to a suspension, you're, you're at Justin Simmons and, and, and Turner yell who, who played in there. That was again, another part of Denver's struggles in the second um in the, in the second half was, yeah, the, the, you had a guy to Turner yell playing, uh, had not played a defensive snap in his career. A second year player had only played special teams, you know, gets out there all of a sudden you're, you're in a, in, um, a starting safety position. And then, you know, Damari Mathis is, is continuing to have some struggles on the outside. He, you know, he was in coverage on the big, on the big touchdown pass to Terry, uh, Terry McLaren in the, in the third quarter um, they've got some issues. The secondary was the, was the unit that we thought going into the season was just, Loaded, um, you know, deep, and all of a sudden it is—it is really um, they're really having a tough time keeping, even keeping people in the lineup, but then having those people perform well. Riley Moss, the rookie, uh, was a healthy scratch this week after being, you know, listed out due to injury in week one. Rookie corner, you, you know, again, that's just why so much of this is you're looking at and saying. They're gonna to need to play these young guys. If this is the way the season's gonna go, they're gonna to need to play some of these young guys and, and start just really getting them that experience so you can hit the ground running in twenty twenty four. It's crazy to have to start thinking in that way, um, you know. And, and I don't think again the Broncos are. They're gonna they're gonna sit there this week and, and try to, to to make a game plan that they think can go beat the Dolphins. Um, but again, I think these conversations are gonna start coming sooner rather than later. Um, any final thoughts for you, Matt?
1: Um, I, I think that, uh, we're, we're just going to kind of wait and see. It's, it's not where you want to be two games into the season. Um, especially knowing that, it, you know, when we were looking at those first four games, these first two seem to be the most winnable. And uh, now traveling to Miami, you know, if you're staring down, 0 and, staring down the barrel at Owen and three, and then you're trying to, to climb back from that. It, some, they need to fix something and it needs to happen fast. So uh, it's time if what the stuff Sean Payton has in that back pocket that he was hoping to pull out in week 10, week 15, week 18 uh, to win some games down the stretch, it might be time to reach into that bag of tricks and pull some stuff out and make some magic happen.
0: Yeah, I almost got the sense watching this game today that like that's what he had sort of done for week one was, you know, almost be a little bit more vanilla thinking that you probably had enough to to, to beat the Raiders. Um, because you know you saw it right away. I mean, he was in his bag on that first drive. Like some of the stuff that he was calling um, w- was just really you know creative. The-, the way that they were getting people on the edges, mixing it up, um, you know, personnel wise, it-, it was you know it was impressive that they-, they had. A- I mean, the Broncos never scored touchdowns on three consecutive drives last year. I- I'd have to go. I'll have to go back and look. I- I- the-, the last time they did that was probably five years ago. Like that that stretch to begin the game was impressive. And that's what gives you hope, right? Like it's, it's in there. And if they can, can dictate the tempo of the game and they can do what, you know, sort of set that tone, like it's in there. Um, But it's just like to have the lulls in between to go six drives, the next six drives after that only produce one field goal. It's just this like consistency issue that is, um, that is really the biggest task that Sean Payton has ahead of him. But but we'll see how it goes. Um, you know again we'll we'll get back with uh, get back on here middle of middle of the week start to preview this game against the Dolphins in which they're going to be going against their old head coach Vic Fangio who's who's got that Miami defense um, with with old friend Bradley Chubb and um, you know we'll talk about that and, and how you even go about the the task of starting to try to defend Tyreek Hill and that explosive Miami Dolphins offense. that is what is ahead of the Broncos if they somehow want to avoid an 0-3 start that will certainly um, put you well, well behind the eight ball in terms of making the postseason. But um, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, You know, hope you found us for this postgame episode, and, uh, you know, got all the, got all the venting out. Uh, So until then, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening.